0: Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. Now, if you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. And this show is brought to you in part by Anytime Soccer Training. Now, Anytime Soccer Training is a web application that has over 5,000 training videos that are all 100% follow along. It covers everything and provides your child and teams with everything they need in order to get better. The program meets them where they're at because the videos are only five minutes long, 100% follow along and follow a step-by-step progression. So if you'd like to learn more, go to anytime-soccer.com. You can join for free. It's free forever. You get a lot of free content, a lot of free training sessions. Um, Check it out. I think you will be very, very impressed. Now, let's get on to the show. So I promise you guys I'm going to do more and more of the Inside Scoop interviews. This week, I'm going to drop an interview, um, hopefully drop an interview, of, um, of an author who has published a book for young readers called The Academy. And as the name implies, it's a story, and it's really a novel, of a young man in rural Kentucky who is, by happenstance, discovered by a big-time scout who was visiting family um, in England. So the scout goes to his family member's child's game and is a recreational YMCA game, sees it, and decides, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. And so the story is about that child's journey from rural Kentucky, YMCA, to trying out for a big-time English Premier League, and i i really enjoyed um the interview my son's got a signed copy and they're excited they're reading it and we like it so far it's just a great story and it gives us an opportunity because it has a lot of life lessons in it as well so it has gives us an opportunity to talk about some of that kind of stuff you know in the context of youth soccer and what's going on in their lives and it has a lot of parallels to what I'm trying to do with the inside scoop, but it's on another level, but it's still, and that's use soccer as a vehicle for cultural exchange and better understanding. Because you've heard the term, um, you are what you eat. Well, you learn a lot about a country by how they play. So you learn a lot about a country and a city by how, youth, how youth soccer is organized in their area. And I've learned a lot about America through the eyes of comparing it to other countries. So I promise you guys I'm going to get on the wagon there. Now, today, however, is going to be one of those food for thought slash rants that I always come up with. And so let me get started, not to waste too much of your time. All right. So in the future, I'm going to do a show entitled The Type of Content Marketers, Parent Trainers Should Avoid. Remember, parent trainer is a parent who believes in the power of deliberate practice and doesn't and is not willing to outsource one hundred percent of their time of their child's uh, development to someone else. And they're standing in for their child until their child reaches a level of self-actualization um, to do this stuff completely on their own. And so, as a parent trainer, we consume a lot of information that. Appears to be dedicated to parents in general. And then we have to try to take that information and apply it to our own lives. And I, and so that's been my experience with content. That's been my most of my experience with content that's dedicated to parents. And then we've also talked about there's a lot of content that's dedicated to the coach and parents try to apply it to their lives. But I think you know, they don't appear to understand sometimes that these are people furthering the coaching ed- education. And there's some assumptions that they're making that you can't make when you're working with your own child. And you, many of you are familiar with my journey and how I got to that point. My, I have two boys and my, when my older one first started, rec, like most of you guys, uh, he had a propensity to play. Part of the reason is because he grew up in England. Also, I'm into the sport. Uh, as, you know, watching, I didn't play it. And so, you know, he was really into it. And one of my friends suggested that he try out for the local travel team or competitive team or club team, whatever you want to call it. And I actually didn't appreciate what that meant at the time, but I just signed him up. And when I signed him up and, and he made the team, I realized in retrospect that everyone makes a team, but I saw that he was behind the other kids right? So, uh, and part of that was also because he was younger. So, I thought, you know what? I don't know much about soccer, but I do remember when I played basketball, the kids who were most confident and, you know, the best or really good at the sport, they had the best handles, the best ball skills, whatever. And so, I proceeded to help my son. I remember like it was yesterday. They had this technical clinic on Fridays and He was trying to do something and uh, he couldn't do it and the coach could only spend like a second with him and then uh, he had to move on and I said to myself oh I can help him with that I see what he's trying to show him I don't know anything about soccer but I see what he's trying to show him so I can help him with that and that's kind of that's what got the ball rolling. So as a parent who didn't grow up playing soccer, but even if you did grow up playing soccer, I mean, most people don't walk around knowing how to work with a seven year old. What did I do? I went on YouTube, went on social media, went on coaching seminars. I did everything to learn how to help my child become a more technical player. And I mean, I, I went gangbusters, you know, all these YouTube videos right now on the moves. You know the story. I have more DVDs in my home um, than I care to admit all around you know, soccer training, right? right? But then once I got into actually helping them, it didn't take long for me to re- to realize that helping my home kids get better in soccer, no matter how good my intentions were, uh, is can be difficult, right? There are things, there, there are pitfalls that I needed to avoid that I didn't that that I needed to be aware of um if I was going to go down that road and they told me verbally and nonverbally that dad you know listen I'm all game for you helping me but you know the way you're going about it and the way you behave at the games nothing too extreme but still this ain't going to work and I say nonverbally because a lot of times your kids are not going to just say hey don't do this don't do that but um they did verbally say, hey, don't, my older one said, hey, I don't need you to tell me anything in the game. And then non-verbally, I, you know, I was trying to be reflective on what worked and what didn't work. And so just like I would search for the training videos, I searched for content that would help me in this journey. And that's going to, that's going to be sort of what we talk about today because, you know, frustrate, frustrated, frustrated may be, um, Too strong of a word, but I saw that there was a severe lack of content dedicated to parents that helped us grapple and reconcile with what people were saying in theory that is obviously true and what was happening on the ground in my reality. And so I decided, when I decided to do this podcast, one of the things I said was number one, I'm going to try to keep it real. Number two, I want to provide folks with actionable information right that can help them and I want to be an open book right so we so I want to show tear, share with you what I'm thinking exactly and exactly to the best I can um what I'm doing so that you can from that perspective make your own decision because I feel like you know you're an adult if I tell you I train my kids twenty hours a day then you're gonna you're an adult and you're gonna be able to say okay that's that's ridiculous I'm but I can do 20 minutes or whatever you decide to do. So, um, and why am I saying that? Because when I started researching this thing, the first problem I had was no one talked about the details, right? And the details really, really matter because without details, I mean, everything is basically true, right? You gotta have balance, gotta, the kid has to drive the, the process, you have to support them. But the details really, really matter. I mean, what are you doing Monday through uh, Sunday and how is that working out for you? So they don't talk about the details and they don't talk about the results they're receiving. The next thing is, I feel like much of the content was catered to someone who has a child in a recreational environment. And that is the environment that my children are in most of the time. So basketball, they play rec. Flag football, they play red, And, you know, When you're in a recreational environment, what is the number one focus? Have fun. What is the only focus? Have fun. And then whatever happens, let the chips fall where they like. Just relax, let them have it. You know, get them a popsicle after the game, tell them how good they played, just cheer them on, rec environment, that's it. So, but there was nothing, I didn't feel like there was nothing that was really, really catered to folks who are, who have the kids in the competitive environment, right? And I kind of talked about this, but then they didn't reconcile, they don't reconcile what they're saying and how they frame the conversation with some uh, assumptions that I think are, are accepted to be true, at least directionally. So in other words, if your kid does 10 minutes a day on the ball, they'll probably improve as a soccer player. If they do 10 hours a day on the ball, they'll improve but they'll be miserable like no one ever really talked about what's the what's the balance between 10 minutes and 10 hours like what are you doing what are you doing exactly and how's that work how's it working itself out so why am i saying all this because today i'm still trying to learn i'm still trying to grow so i'm constantly listening to podcasts I'm constantly listening to interviews, I'm reading stuff, I'm reading stuff on social media. And as a matter of fact, if you have um, a story, if you have information, a product, if you have anything, insight, that can help me or our parents and coaches who are listening to this show grow, then email me, Neil, N-E-I-L, at anytime-socket.com. And so that we can get you on the show and you can share that insight. And if you think, hey, Neil, I hear what you're saying, but you're a moron and I need to get on the show and give people a different point of view. Hey, please do that as well. So anything you want to do to help us grow, I'm for it. And that's what I was doing today. And I listened to a podcast today that encapsulated the issue I had um, when I was looking for information to help me, right? And the reason I say it encapsulated is because, the and this was an author talking about a book that she she had written and explaining the book that she had written, is that at the end, they gave some great tips. And I'm gonna share a couple of those tips, but they frame those tips. So if the tip is one minute, they frame those tips. The other 59 minutes are framed by using extremes, and risk and so let me just explain what some of the things i saw i was listening to and then we're going to get into you know what i want to do with content and where i'm and where i also need your help all right so what do i mean by extremes and risk so let me throw out how they began the interview so the first thing the author said was youth soccer has become a billion dollar industry, even larger than the NFL. Now, there's no, no question, that's true, right, that, that's true. And they were kind of positioning it as saying, this is an extreme, this is pretty extreme. Where me putting my parent trainer hat on is saying, well, wait a minute, every industry with the exception of online soccer training apps is a billion dollar industry in America we got 350 million documented people and then some other multiple millions of undocumented so we 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 probably hovering around the 370 million people in this country coming and going so of course um youth soccer is a billion dollar industry and of course is larger than one subset of the of the american football industry which is the nfl and in What are we even talking about when we say that? Are we talking about the shin guards, equipment? Are we talking about the travel? Are we talking about the fees? Are we talking about rec, competitive, everything? Like, what are we talking about? I mean, and we talk, and and especially considering that every parent, I mean, sorry, the average family has at least 2.5 kids. So, of course, it's a billion dollar industry. And that tactic they're using is to say that the size of the industry is an extreme. Another extreme they drop you know, parents traveling to and fro all over the country. And they, you know, an extreme that we would be familiar with is they're going to be parents who buy an RV solely so they can travel around the country to take their kids to every tournament known to man. And I'm not judging anyone's behavior at all, at all. But I'm saying you can imagine that a certain amount of travel will err on the side of extreme as it relates to you soccer. But you even got to be careful with that cuz like Clem Dempsey, I think he's documented drove his parents drove almost 4 hours a day dealing with his soccer training. So, you know, even that word extreme you got to be a little careful with. But for the purposes of this, they're focused on extremes, right? Another extreme that we're familiar with is academy players. All these European countries, right? They um they dedicate their lives very early to youth soccer. And it's well documented. Sixteen, seventeen, and most of them don't make it. They end up um, having little education and knowing nothing but soccer, and that's a struggle. So, so they this 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 post sorry, this interview talked about all of these extremes and talked about all of these risk factors. And I'm kind of mixing in extremes and risk, risk factors, but a risk factor, like if you have a billion dollar industry, one big risk factor is you're gonna have a lot of profit, a lot of organizations and companies swooping into that industry with a profit incentive and not necessarily a developmental incentive. And they definitely don't care about the development of your child, your individual child, over the overall profitability and sustainability of their company. And these guys, unlike anytime soccer training, do a great job at marketing themselves, right? And they produce a fear of missing out among parents. This is a real risk factor, right? So another risk factor, we talked about Traveling, well, that strains, that can strain the entire family dynamic, especially when one or more family members is not really into the competitive sport thing. So if you have a sibling that's not really into it, or a spouse is not really into it, and you're spending, you know, three, four days doing this activity, that can strain the family dynamic. We haven't even gotten to the risk factor of the finances, right? Strains to family, budget. There are a lot of other risk factors. There's risk factors like the um, parents becoming emotionally attached to the performance of their child. There's the risk factor of the child psychologically in a negative way becoming too invested in their performance during games without having the maturity Um, to handle that. We see that quite often. There is, I'm looking at my notes, there's the risk of serious injury. Now you have children playing all these games and even if they didn't play all these games, even if you did everything right, um, they can endure a serious injury. And even professionals who endure serious injuries, um, professional adults who endure serious injuries, struggle with coming back and having confidence it can be even harder for kids. So that particular interview went on and on about those extremes and those risk factors. And it left me thinking, you know, while all of that is true, and while we have to be aware of that, and I left that one important one, but I want to drop that one because it's going to lead into something we talk about at the end of the show, the risk of your child becoming too wrapped up in or your child's identity becoming too wrapped up in the sport, right? But again, that's another risk factor that once you step into that, the realm of doing something three or four days, your identity will be tied to it a little bit. Your value will be tied to it. And then the question is, how do we, how do we manage that? So that led me to think, you know, if I had to sum up one of the, missions of the podcast that i'm doing and one of the things i'm trying to do with the content that i'm producing it's to create a third way right and the third way is for me in a nutshell is you start with your goals you avoid extremes you mitigate risk you practice without the pressure And you constantly check in um, in a reflective way. So I said a lot there and I'm not going to, I'm probably going to have to do a lot of podcasts on the third way, but I just want to throw out some of the bullet points in this particular rant on what, how I'm thinking about the third way. And I would love, and this is where I would um, love to get your, you guys help on this. If you, if you are dealing with any area of this or all of this, if you have any knowledge about what I'm about to say, I'd love to invite you on to help, help me and help our audience think about these issues and give us some practical tips that can help us. But again, when I, when I think of the third way, right? You know, I'm coming to parents saying, hey, what are your goals for your child and what are their goals as it relates to sports? How do we avoid many of the extremes that we see on YouTube, many of the extremes we see on social media, and quite frankly, some of the extremes that we have seen in real life? How do do we mitigate those risk factors that all of us are familiar with, right? And then how do we help them practice, right, uh, without putting pressure on them to perform, right? And then finally, how do we check in regularly um, and be reflective about what we're seeing? And what I mean by being reflective is, most of the times your children won't verbalize everything to you anyways, everything they're thinking. So you have to be reflective in looking at verbal and nonverbal cues. That was the content that I was looking for. And so that um, I just, you know, I just couldn't find. And that's the content that I want to produce. So why do I frame it like that? And why do I say it like that? Well, the third way starts with your goals, right? So for example, uh, in a former life, I used to run a lot of marathons. and I'm I'm trying to pick my running up now. Now I ran casually, not, not too hardcore, but I'm trying to pick my running up now. And my buddy, who's also a runner, he's actually doing that. Um, half marathon in Chicago this weekend. He recommended a Garmin watch. Now I used to have a Garmin watch back in the day, uh, and I bought one this weekend. And you know, if you've ever used any of these wearable technologies, and most of them have some kind of training plan, right, running plan. And you know, I created one with the Garmin. And the first thing they ask you before they recommend the plan is, what are your goals? what is it you're trying to achieve? Because they can't recommend a plan to you until they know what it is that you're trying to do, right? So, you know, and the plans are like, are you trying to run a marathon sub three? Are you trying to run a marathon sub four? Are you trying to just finish? You know, what are your plans? Because What may be extreme to a person who is just trying to finish a marathon may not be extreme to a person who's trying to run sub three. So I need to understand what your goals. And in this case, I need to understand what your goals are for your child and what your child's goals are for themselves. But the thing about uh, youth soccer or, or dealing with children in general is, it's, it's complicated because it's a partnership between the parent and the child, with the parent providing some oversight until the child is old enough and mature enough um, and has the discipline to fully take the, take the reins. And the best way I can describe it is you know, when you do driver's ed, the driving instructor is sitting in the passenger seat because that's where the parent is, and they have control of the car. They can flip a switch and take control of the car, but the child has control of the car and is driving. But if the child goes too far one way or too far the other, the driver instructor can kind of take over. Now the child needs to be in the driver's seat. The child needs to be doing it, but you're you're beside them. And slowly, hopefully, you're going to move in the passenger seat and the child run, drives completely. Well, that's 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 the complexity of goals setting goals with your child when they're really young that I don't feel like the parent education industry grapples with. And what do I mean by that? They'll say something like, it's gotta be up to your kid. Your your, your kid needs to drive it. Uh, You know, is, is your eight year old gonna recognize the need to read 20 minutes a day or 20 minutes every other day? And no, I mean, most some of them will, but most of them won't. And, and it's the same token, my eight, nine year old is probably not going to go outside and do a few figure eight drills to work on their non dominant foot. Is it going to kill a kid in competitive soccer to do that? Of course not. But you got to get the right balance. You got to meet them where they're at. And, and again, I'm advocating practicing without the pressure. All right. But you got to start with your goals. Okay. And then, um, and I'm just reading through my notes, Uh, it's not easy. So when I start talking about goals, I can't tell you what your goals are. I cannot give you any advice or tips based on your goals. I can only share in more detail what my goals are for my children, what their goals are for themselves. And then you guys take that information and you apply it or don't apply it to your own lives. So um, I'll, I'm going to wrap it up with this. When my older son started youth soccer and I saw that he was behind and I started thinking about, you know, I didn't know anything about soccer, but I knew basketball. And I knew the kids who were the best when I grew up playing basketball were really good dribbling. They were really good on the ball. So I said, you know what? Well, I can help them become technical, right? And that's kind of how I started training them. And um, and then I also said, then that was my goal for them for my older one he did not think anything about it my goal for my older one was to help him become a technical player and i knew that if i could help him become a technical player and he's in this competitive environment even though it's developmentally appropriate he would probably enjoy the game more have more success it would build his confidence that was my assumption and um i also knew that uh Becoming technical was the thing that he had control over and I had control over. And so that was another reason why I set that as a goal, because I didn't want to set a goal for him or set a goal or hope that he uh, developed a goal that he didn't have control over. So, you know, that's why I don't really set a lot of outcome goals in the sense of long term outcome goals. Like you want to be a professional soccer player or you want to um, get a division one scholarship when the time comes and that's in your immediate future then yeah maybe but for long term you don't have control over that so my goal is not for you to be this or that main long-term outcome it's what do you have control over and you know what can you do right now but but the reality is executing on that goal is not very easy i'm giving you the short version but it's not very easy and that's why after years and years of going back and forth, listening to them, some good days, bad days, crying. I came up with what I'm calling practicing without the pressure. So that means you don't pressure them during the training sessions, and I don't pressure them doing these games and all that kind of stuff. And that was the kind of thing that I will, that's the kind of thing I would love for our content marketers to produce, share their stories um in detail and share how they're reconciling that with uh the results that they see and then if we want to challenge this goal if we want to say it's an ignoble goal right it's an unethical goal it's an insane goal to want your child to be a high achiever in the area of sport that is fine we can that's a conversation i want to have um because i don't know but you know this is kind of where we're at and I'm going to do a show on living vicariously through our through my children and and what I think that means and you know where I'm at with that but you know if you if your issue is everybody should be playing rec there should be no competitive soccer then I want to have that conversation where I push back on that is and I may be rambling a little bit sorry is I'm not going to put them in a competitive environment um, and not give them the tools and not give them the um and help them develop the mindset to be competitive that's among many reasons why my sons play recreational basketball they love it they play recreational flag football they love it because the other kids are kind of at that level but the moment you step into doing this four and five days a week playing against other kids who are pretty competitive for whatever reason i think there's there's other things that need to be in place in order to set that child up for success. And then we can have that conversation about the role of sport in our families, right? Because we don't want sport to dominate our our, our families. But again, that conversation needs to be detailed, right? What does that look like? You know, what, what does that sound like? What am I gonna see that you, if you came to my house and watched me for a week, what be which behaviors do you want me to change and i'm i'm an open book so if you listen to this i will tell you from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed i will tell you exactly what my sons do in the context of sport and oh by the way we use the anytime soccer training app so i know exactly how much time they spend training because it calculates it i know how much time they spend training uh, with me and then obviously i know how much time they spend in the, with the team so i'll try to provide all the information that i can Um, boy, I am moving down the list. All right. So what I'm going to do after this is I'm going to share a conversation that I secretly recorded of my youngest son had with me this morning. I didn't get all of it. I only got the very end of it. And it kind of shows behind the scenes, some of the stuff that we grapple with. So my youngest son is getting to the age now. He's nine where he's beginning to see that, wow, this extra training is really working. And he's excited, saying, hey, I want to do more of it. Now, he's a talker, so I don't know, I don't, I wouldn't read too much into what he says, literally, but I wanted to get it on for, uh, I wanted to share it with you guys and then get it on uh, recording just for, you know, life memories. But it also shows the complexity because I asked him a question, which you're going to see, like, who are you doing this for? And of course, not of course, but I was expecting him to say me. I was kind of leading him on, but he said, I was expecting him to say me in the sense that he's talking about himself, first person, but he said me is in talking about dad. And that's the complexity of everything we're doing, because no matter how much you talk, no matter what you say, your kids want to impress you. They want to be around you. And what they're doing is going to be wrapped up a lot into whether or not they think they're pleasing you. And the question always has to be, how do we handle that in a delicate manner that ultimately is positive and not negative? So I'm gonna share that um, little snippet of conversation with you guys and, and you know, give me your thoughts. Now, my mind works somewhat, somewhat like a computer. So before you even say it, yes, I'm sharing something that I want you to hear. I'm not sharing my son crying at me or my wife yelling at me uh, about another soccer game. But um so yeah, I'm sharing that I'm sharing something that I want you to hear. This is not to be um, interpreted as the whole story. This is just one snippet of this morning. I thought I would share just so you guys can hear and see what we're thinking. All right. So now let's go on to the tip and and then I'll end with this. Now I am convinced <laughs> as it relates to putting use sports, if your child is in competitive sports, as it relates to putting this stuff in its proper context, this is what I am going to try to do. Number one thing I'm going to try to do is um, schedule vacations that uh, are more of a priority than the sport. So that means if it's a game that happens during that time, I wouldn't intentionally schedule a a conflict, but I'm going to make it known that, hey, July this, this, we out. Every year, this is priority. So I think it's important to ostensibly prioritize other activities over that primary sport. And I do a horrible job of that, and I'm going to try to do that. The next thing is, I think it's important to ostensibly plan to do things especially when your kids get a little bit older um, instead of attending their games so this weekend for example i went to uh my college friend of mine organized a men's retreat in alabama and my instinct was to say no because my sons have games and my older one has games in charlotte My buddy called me and was like, Man, you don't ever do anything. You need to come. It's going to be good. And I am so glad I went. Right. And I say all that to say the world did not come to an end. My wife was able to take my son to my youngest, went to his games. He had a great time. My older friend of mine, he carpooled, took uh, my son to his games. He had a great time. The world didn't come to an end. And it gave me an opportunity to step back, gave my sons an opportunity to play without their dad watching. Because even though I don't say anything during these games, I'm there and they feel it. So it is what it is. And so I do recommend trying to give them opportunities to play when you're not watching. That could be dropping them off, free play. I do that a lot, but just let them play without you watching them. Um, Schedule some of that in. And finally, and a lot of this stuff is in the common sense. So it's really more about um, being aware of it and self-aware than it is doing something you're probably not doing. But be very intentional about um, detox. So when you go on these vacations, when you do this, when you do that, be very intentional about, hey, um, yeah, you, maybe you bring a soccer ball if they want to kick a, kick around, but you're not talking about the team. You're not talking about the league. You're not talking about how good they are. You're not talking about how proud you are of them. Don't talk about anything dealing with um, structured soccer. Just allow them to detox from from that experience. So those are some of the things that I'm going to try to do incorporate into my life. And I recommend you do it as well. Um, in an attempt to strike a more healthy balance between competitive sport and, um, all the other family stuff that you need to do. So in conclusion, we really want to push a third way, a third way. Let me just get my notes. It's the, it's sort of a rational parents, um, um guidebook a field manual that says you know what you start with your goals yes you're going to have some goals for your kids six-year-olds don't have goals for themselves some of those goals are just going to be for them to be happy and have fun their goal is not to be happy and have fun that's what they experience but your goal is to put them in an environment where they're happy and fun so you start with your goals you start and you help them develop their own goals right you try to avoid these extreme behaviors right You try to mitigate the risk factors. You try to practice without the pressure of performance. And then you constantly check in in a reflective manner. That's the third way. That's what I'm trying to promote. So stay tuned for a little snippet from our youngest son, Matthew. Just tell me what you thought. And thank you for listening. Let's get better together. Wait, say that again.
1: I want to see. So, starting uh, January first, Ooh. January first, twenty 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 three. I want to see if I can do a session every day. It's not because I want to. I mean, I would. No one would ever want to do that. Okay. I want to see if I can. How much I improve? Cause you know how we did that for the summer.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to
1: see what happens for the year.
0: Well, the thing about it is, here's a couple things. Once you get the right mindset, okay, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: rest and recovery are actually part of your workout. So let me say it again. Once you have the right mindset, which which you're getting, taking time off is actually a very important part of your workout. So, So you wouldn't want to do something like that every single day. Having said that, okay, when I ran marathons, we would run four to five days a week, okay. But on the days that I didn't run, I didn't do nothing, okay. So I may go to the gym, do some light stretching. I would uh, eat really healthy. I would, I might do some light weights. I was just do. I, I would work on a part of my body that didn't. That I wasn't working on when I was um, running when I was running, right? So I might run four days a week, but on the two days that I wasn't running, on the three days that I wasn't running, one day maybe total rest, one day maybe swimming or uh, riding a bike. I was still active. I just wasn't putting so much pressure on my um, on my um, feet and knees and stuff. Okay, I get it. So in your case, what's something you could do on the day? Let's say you said you were going to do a session two or three days, three days a week, four days a week. Okay. What's something you could do when you're not doing that?
1: Well, I can do schoolwork. I can go to the gym with
0: mine. Yeah, so schoolwork you got to do, but let's think about af- af- academic, uh, athletically. So you could go to the gym with m- your mom like you like to do, right? I
1: could swim.
0: You could swim. Or I could
1: play. Well, I can. Could- God, is, that, is there an idea where I could play soccer for fun?
0: You free play, right? You stay active. You play basketball. You stretch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you rest and you recover. But what, what, but see, here's the thing though, Matthew. Um, what made you say that?
1: Well, it's not because I want to do it, because obviously I would never want to do that. But at, when we did it in the summer, I got so much better. That I wanted to see what happens in a whole year.
0: But how do you know you got better?
1: Well, last year, um, last year, we didn't do sessions. We got we did sessions for at least like two days a week. Now, but in, in the summer, we did sessions like five days a week. And like you said, I kept active. Like you said, I kept active, and but I, and I improved a lot.
0: But my thing is, and here's here's the thing I tell you. And I told Adam, and I keep telling Adam, you have a slightly different personality than Adam. You're more independent. But I tell you and I tell Adam the same thing. At the end of the day, who are you doing this stuff for? You. <laughs> no, that's the whole point. you doing this for who? Me. Yeah, and you'll get there. No, you're doing it for you. What is my role? To help me? My role is to help you because... No child ever, I haven't met any anyways, wants to go outside and kick the ball with their non-dominant foot a thousand times, okay? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But in my helping you, I'm proving to you that this works. Then once I've proven to you that it works, it's up to you to say, I want to continue doing it. Right, mm-hmm. there will always be a little bit of pressure from dad. You you want to make dad happy, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want dad upset. You want to do well from dad for dad. Um, so there's always going to be a little pressure there, right?
1: hmm
0: But and Adam, and Adam, but ultimately, as you get older, who are you doing it for? Me, then. There's an extension to that. So you're doing it for you right now. Okay? But then the next level is you're doing it for who? Not me. Not just you, but who else? Your team. The team. You don't want to let the team down.
1: Right?
0: Yep. You're not coming on time because of the coach. You're not coming on time because of me you coming on time because you made a commitment to who? The team. The team. And then if you become a big-time player, it's you, the team, obviously your family, but who else? Uh, the, the
1: coach? No. No, me.
0: No. Who's watching? Who paying to see the you? The fans. The fans. So you become a big-time player. you got You doing this for you, family. <laughs> The team and the people that pay to see you. They pay to see you and they wanna show. And there's no better show than to be able to do something so fancy that everybody says, this guy, he's magic. I used to watch Ronaldinho because he could do things with the ball that I had never seen. I didn't think was possible. He was an entertainer. And this is what hopefully you'll be. <laughs> All right, so I'm very excited that you have this personality and you're seeing the process work. But my thing is, and I'm going to tell you and i tell Adam this the same thing. You ain't doing it for me. If you tell me you don't want to do competitive soccer at this level, I'm cool. Thank you. We can do something else. But if you want to be good in this environment, the environment you're in, you want to beat the Davids and you want to get by the, who is that little fella, the big one? Mm -hmm. The Lukes. You want to get by them, you got to do a little bit behind the scenes. Okay? Yeah. Anything else? No. All right, man. Hey. um go yeah, g- got to
1: take me to school.
0: Yeah. Go get your bag, and then I'll take you to school in two seconds.